Hello and welcome to this week's debrief and we've got another transfer special for you. I'm Angus Scott and it's not quite been the January window we were expecting. Fabrizio Romano, our transfer guru, got four hours sleep the other night and that's unheard of in January. Uh, Ben Jacobs has even been able to pay his phone bill this month. Uh, He's been on his phone so little, but you get the sense that it's all about to change, Ben, and things are hotting up. Yeah, I'm not committing to whether I can pay the phone bill yet in January. I'll let you know on February the 1st. (laughs) When you get a cut from some of those deals. And back to give his views on the market, John Legossip, a.k.a. Jonathan Johnson, the CBS correspondent and friend of The Debrief. JJ, how are you? Doing very well, thanks, guys. Looking forward to my first show of 2024, and I hope the new year is treating you both well. Yeah, it's all been very good. I think it's been a really positive start to the year. Let's start off with something that's close to home for you, which is about Kylian Mbappe and what the latest is on him. He seems to be teasing out a deal to Real Madrid. Then Liverpool gets mentioned, and we're not quite sure what is going on. Perhaps you can tell us. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're sort of back in the, the 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 very familiar position of sort of having to second guess what Kylian Mbappe's future might hold. I think the most consistent that he's been so far this uh, th- this time around in terms of his stance is actually what he's saying about his desire to play in the Olympic Games uh, this summer. Uh, obviously, we know the Olympics are going to be played in Paris. It's a once in a career opportunity for Mbappe to represent his home country in his hometown. Uh, but that would, of course, come off the back of the Euros and you know sort of whether he is still a PSG player whether he signed for a club like a Real Madrid or a Liverpool or somebody else uh, you'd imagine that it's going to be quite problematic for the beginning of the club season playing two international tournaments uh, and then having to sort of have a bit of rest and then get back into shape once the the season is underway but at this moment in time nothing has been decided uh, by Mbappe in terms of where his future lies he's been asked about it a couple of times after some of PSG's early games this year notably the Trophée des Champions uh, which they one uh, at Parc des Princes against uh, Toulouse. But for, for the moment, uh, you know, there's been no sort of uh, breakthrough in terms of potentially signing a, a PSG contract extension or, uh, you know, signing terms with the likes of a Real Madrid or a Liverpool. Obviously, we saw those reports earlier in the window that Real had indeed tabled an offer and, and has set a, a deadline of mid-January, which, if was true, has already passed. But I think, you know, the, the real thing that is quite telling is PSG's stance has changed publicly. Nasser Al-Halifi has come out and said, we absolutely want him to stay. He's the best player in the world. Pretty much everything that you would expect PSG to say going on a charm offensive, trying to, to keep him and extend him by a couple more years. But uh, the one thing that is very clear at the moment while his future that he you know his future at club level beyond this season remains up in the air he is absolutely uh you know not to be convinced uh, uh otherwise uh of his desire to play in the olympics now could, could do you think that could be a, a sticking point for either real madrid or liverpool should we say if he says well i'm not going anywhere until i've played in the olympics and who's going to want their star man Uh, however many hundreds of millions they're going to be paying him, playing in the Olympics and being potentially late back uh, for the next season with a new club as a star signing. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really interesting scenario to to potentially play out. Uh, ben and I have discussed it a number of times already this month. Uh, you know, and it is something that you would imagine that the likes of uh, you know a Real Madrid or a Liverpool would be very reluctant to agree to. Uh, you know, I think it's it, you know it's it's accepted that that he will play at the Euros. You know, he, he is France captain after all. But it is a once in a career opportunity. Uh, you know, to play in the Olympics on uh, you know home soil and also in his hometown. I think that is real the that that is the the real sort of motivating factor for him he's admitted he wanted to play in previous olympics the one in tokyo but uh you know at this moment in time uh you know it does seem like it's something that any potentially interested club uh is is going to have to accept uh and agree to before you know potentially signing mbappe uh and i think as well it's uh, you know something that could uh, you know also lead him into a very interesting scenario that we shouldn't rule out at this moment in time and that's that Mbappe's PSG contract does expire that no new deal has been signed with any potential new club and he actually plays at least one of the international tournaments this summer uh, potentially as a free agent while he makes up his mind uh, in order to to best ensure that he has the ability uh, to play in the Olympics if he chooses to yeah and I think to add what Jonathan just emphasize the Olympics is a deal breaker for Kylian Mbappe. So that is an important factor in all of this because it's not going to be a case where Kylian Mbappe can be persuaded not to play in a home Olympics. Um, at the time we're live, only one club, PSG, has formally committed to allowing Mbappe to play in the Olympics alongside the Euros. And as Jonathan neatly outlined, that period, if you include training camps, tournaments, even if the teams don't go all the way, recovery will eat into June, July, August. And the earliest Kylian Mbappe could feasibly play any kind of domestic football is mid or late August, and that would be PSG. But if he joined Real Madrid or a Premier League team, he'll have had no pre-season, which isn't in this context significant fitness-wise for Mbappe. But naturally, no one's going to want him to return, having never met his teammates, any new signings, no chemistry, no notion of tactics, no bond with the manager if he was to move to a new club. So you could even argue that it might be late August or early September. Now, for Mbappe, he may wait. But the other option I'm told, which is equally as plausible, is he'll pre-agree but the actual date on the contract will be later in the summer. And the reason for that is not necessarily just to allow Mbappe to bide his time. It's also down to that lack of commitment from Real Madrid and potentially any Premier League club should they enter the race, although it's all kind of speculation around Liverpool at the moment. A lack of commitment to not only the Olympics, but to the finances. Because every single deal for Mbappe, the PSG renewal and any maybe rail offer that isn't yet agreed, so some of the terms are still under discussion, and anything from the Premier League, is expected to be somewhere in the region of 70 million euros gross a year. It's not as high as 100 million, even though you might see that number. So then if you're going to sign Mbappe and he's going to move clubs, then ultimately at the beginning of the summer, you are almost foregoing three months of physical Mbappe because of the Euros and the Olympics, but you're paying him those three months. And this is why the clubs that are not PSG may consider having a later contract start date. So it's not just about Mbappe and free agency. It may be something's pre-agreed, but with a later start date to save money. And then from PSG's perspective, part of the sort of lucrative aspect that they're playing on is the opposite. 
Nasser Al-Khalifi is saying to Mbappe, you'll extend and it will be continuous. So then you'll go away and you'll be able to play in both tournaments. We give you the blessing and you're going to get paid over the summer. You might not get paid over the summer at Real Madrid or elsewhere. And PSG are trying to use that to almost imply that that's an extra amount of money across those three months that he wouldn't be getting anywhere else. I wonder how much he'd really be worried about, you know, what he gets paid for three months is as long as he ends up a playing in the Olympics and b ending up at the club that he's going to end up at anyway. So uh, he obviously holds all the cards. And if he's going to say, I want to play in the Olympics, then neither PSG or Real Madrid or, or Liverpool is probably going to be able to stop him. Um, and he'll end up doing exactly what he wants to do. Anyway, let's um, let's hear from you as well. Do uh, send in your questions because we're happy to receive them and we'll go through them with the guys as quickly as possible. And we've got Fabrizio Romano as ever. And I want to get to um, Fabrizio as soon as possible because uh, things are developing all the time today. And we caught up with Fab a little bit earlier on and asked him about some of the main dealings uh, that are going on. And we've got a little bit of news to come back off this little chat. Fabrizio, thanks once again for joining us. Now, what's the latest on Karim Benzema? It seems quite tense at uh, Al Ittihad. There are talks going on at the moment. Could he possibly leave? Yes, I think it's still a possibility. It's not guaranteed because it's quite a special situation. You know, when you are on that salary, uh, it's not easy to get a player out of the club. So that's why the situation is not is not that easy. And that's why there is going to be a new meeting in the next days involving the new director of football of Alitiad, Ramon Planes, who, is, who has big experience with this kind of situations. He was at Barcelona, Betis, Getafe. So he's going to have a direct conversation to understand how to handle this situation. Marcelo Gachardo, the manager, will be involved too. So there is going to be a new round of talks to understand how to prepare Proceed, but the situation remains tense between Benzema and, uh, and Al-Itihad. It's also important to say that from what I'm hearing, uh, Saudi Pro League bosses want the player to stay in Saudi. Al-Itihad or any other club to find a solution internally. So let's see how this discussion will, uh, will go with Benzema. The only way to see him back to Europe is for Benzema to take a big salary cut. And they think it's not going to be easy. So that's why many European clubs are rumored to be interested in Karim Benzema. But it's really depending on the player. Otherwise, it's impossible to make it happen, at least in the January transfer window. Yeah, it would send the wrong signal, wouldn't it, for, for the Saudis if um, Karim Benzema would follow Jordan Henderson. So you talk about possibly going back to Europe. Could, could anyone really or realistically afford a similar sort of salary, potentially in the Premier League? I think it's very difficult, honestly. The information I have is that it's very complicated. Some clubs were interested in that possibility, but it's never been something really concrete because of the financial package. Uh, what I heard is that a club that tried to make it happen is Olympique Lyon. We know the connection, the special connection between the club and the player. But at the end, what I'm also hearing is that it's really complicated. It's close to 99% uh, impossible because at the moment the financial package is, is really too, too expensive. So let's see what happens in the next days, but it's very complicated. Now, what about, still talking about Saudi, what about Jose? Possibility he may end up at uh, Al-Shabaab. Is, is there any likelihood of that? No, from what I'm hearing at the moment, this conversation is off between Mourinho and, uh, and Al-Shabaab. Then uh, let's see if they will try again. But 
the first round of discussion of, of, of talks was just on Al-Shabaab's side to show their interest in Jose Mourinho. But Mourinho, at the moment, from what I'm hearing, is not interested in that possibility. He wants to take his time before deciding his next job. He doesn't want to decide in just a couple of days. So that's why, at the moment, with Al-Shabaab, the situation is, uh, is very quiet. Let's see what Mourinho will do, because now he wants to pick the best project possible, and this could take some time. So I think we have to wait before we know the new club of, of Jose Mourinho. Al-Shabaab remain in talks to find a new manager, and they had some contacts last week also with Dejan Stankovic, for example. So let's see who's going to be the right profile for them to find a new, the new coach. But at the moment, with Mourinho, it looks complicated. I would keep the Saudi possibility for Mourinho open, maybe for other clubs in the next months, because, for example, already Halilal approached him in June. He decided to stay at Roma. Now he's a free agent, and so that could be a chance for sure. And finally, on the Saudi front, look, Mo Salah's back with Liverpool now with the injury from the African Cup of Nations. Do we expect to have another Saudi approach in the summer for Mo? I see them trying again, honestly, uh, because this is their style. They they like to have a target and then to try and try and try again as they did at the end of August. So I think they will try again for players like Mo Salah, maybe other stars. But it's also important to say that Salah is very happy at Liverpool. The proposal to Mo Salah was a crazy proposal in terms of salary at the end of August. And he was never creating any problem to the club. He decided to be super professional. He's doing fantastic at Liverpool this season. So uh, I don't think he's going to create any kind of problem. I think they will try again. But it's going to be important to see what Liverpool want to do more than more, I think, in this in this case. OK, let's come back to the the Premier League and Armando Breuer. Um, is, uh, is, are Chelsea likely to listen to offers for him? Yes, I think this is a possibility. This is going to be a busy week for Breuer and, and for Chelsea for this for this deal because Chelsea understand that to keep Armando Broglie at the club and almost uh, never playing on a regular basis also Pochettino in a press conference in the, in the recent weeks said he needs to play three, four, five consecutive games maybe 90, 80, 75 minutes because it's important for him to be regularly on the pitch at the moment it makes no sense to continue like this so let's see how the conversation will go uh, there is interest historical interest I would say from West Ham they've always been keen on signing Armando it's almost two years then uh, Wolves could be another possibility let's see how will be the conversation with Chelsea but for sure, for Broya, there could be some movement in the next days. And do Chelsea have concrete targets if Broya goes? For sure, Chelsea have some name in the list, but at the moment I'm not aware of anything advanced or imminent or concrete. But I think we have to keep it open for Chelsea in general in terms of opportunities in the final days of the window. Again, at the moment I'm not aware of anything advanced or close, but uh, I think if Broya leaves, they can have some final minute, last minute solution for, for the new potential striker or creative player in offensive position. Let's move on to Manchester United. Do, do they still have an interest in Eric Chupamoting at, at Bayern? Yeah, more than interest, I would say that they considered multiple possibilities uh, for opportunities in attacking positions and Chupomoting is one of them. It's one of the names they discussed. He's represented by agents they know very well and they have a very good relationship. They did many deals with those agents in the past. So they had a conversation to understand the conditions of the deal for, for Chupomoting. The real problem is that Bayern insists on Chupomoting staying at the club. He's really popular in the dressing room. He's considered an experienced player who can always help in the second part of the season. Even if you have Harry Kane, you can need some rotation. We know the situation in the Bundesliga is not easy for Bayern this season. So a player like Chupomoting could be really important for, uh, for them. And this is why May United are informed on every single point of the conditions for Eric Chupomoting deal. But at the moment, Bayern are still not giving any green light. So let me say also that May United have not activated this negotiation yet. It's just about being informed, but not starting any concrete talk with Bayern. 
Now, a name that's reared its head at the Emirates, there's a possibility he might go, is Emile Smith-Rowe. Is, is any truth in that? Yes, this is a concrete possibility to see Emile Smith-Rowe being approached by clubs in the next days and weeks because it already happened last week with, uh, with West Ham. Uh, for example, West Ham tried to make the deal happen on loan for Emile Smith-Rowe, not even a buy-option clause included, and Arsenal are never going to accept that. For Arsenal, it makes no sense to make the player leave on loan. So my feeling is that at the end it's going to be complicated for Smith-Rowe to leave in the January transfer window because Arsenal could only be open to a permanent transfer. It's also about the financial for play. If you sell a player like Smith-Rowe, you can have maybe space to bring in a new important player for your squad. But if you send him on loan, it makes no sense. Also, Mikel Arteta is very happy with the player, so they are not desperate to let him go, and also him is very happy at Arsenal. So if they receive an important proposal on permanent transfer, that could be a possibility. Otherwise, I see Smith-Rowe staying at Arsenal. We've talked about Calvin Phillips uh, quite a lot during this window and before it. Now, what is his likely destination? West Ham are in the frame now, aren't they? Yes, I see West Ham as favourites in this moment. Uh, again, nothing is, is close, nothing is agreed, but West Ham are in direct contact with Manchester City for Calvin Phillips, so there is a conversation taking place, and also with player side, because we always mention Man City and the conditions of the loan, but it's also important to get the green light from the player. He has to decide what's the best option for him. So West Ham are speaking to both club and player to try to find a solution. They really want Calvin Phillips. They believe they are the perfect club for him in the next six months, so the conversation is ongoing uh, between all parties. At at the moment, despite all the rumours we had in the last few days, I'm not aware of any negotiation between Man City and Barcelona for, uh, for Calvin Phillips. They are looking for a midfielder, they are looking for an opportunity, but Calvin is very expensive and also because of the financial for play, I think it's going to be difficult to bring in a player like Calvin Phillips for Bas. Uh, let's talk about another person who, who might be leaving, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. Um, exit from Spurs still possible? Possible, but it has to be a permanent transfer. For Tottenham, nothing has changed since the summer transfer window. In the summer, it was Fulham in the final days, Atletico Madrid for a long time, trying to sign Hoiberg on loan with buy option, and Tottenham always said no. And it's the same now. Tottenham, as of today, are not accepting any loan with buy option proposal. It has to be a permanent transfer or a loan with obligation. Otherwise, the player will stay at Tottenham. This is the message. He would like to go. He would like to try a new chapter. Tottenham know that, but at the same time, they can't accept a loan for an important player like Hoiberg. That's why... At the moment, the situation is still quiet. If they receive a permanent transfer proposal, it's very possible to see Hoiberg leaving. Otherwise, he's going to stay at the club. And finally, Fabrizio, the former Juve and Bayern star Douglas Costa uh, to Turkey, you've now reported he's off. It looked like he was going. He's a free agent, but that deal's collapsed, is it? Yes, it was done. It was verbally done because they prepared all the contracts. The player had to travel to Turkey today for medical test and contract signing. Then what happened is that after having new conversations with uh, with the club, Samson Sport, he decided not to join the club because he believes they need a player who is 100% ready to make an impact immediately and obviously is not playing competitive football for some months after he left Los Angeles Galaxy. And this is why after a new conversation with the manager and with the president of the club, he said something like, I'm not coming there just because I will be ready maybe at the beginning of March, end of February, better to sign another player. And so the deal collapsed for uh, Douglas Costa to Sanchez. He remains available as a free agent. There is some Brazilian club interested. Let's see if some other club will move for, uh, for Douglas in the next weeks. As ever, we haven't got much left of the transfer window. Let's hope it busies up a, a little bit for you, Fabrizio, and for us. And we'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Ciao. See you next week. Well, it has busied up, actually, because since I spoke to uh, Fabrizio a little bit earlier, there is news on Calvin Phillips, Ben. Yeah, about half an hour ago, 
we can confirm West Ham have agreed a loan deal. Phillips is actually flying back as we speak from the UAE to Manchester. And if all goes according to plan, because personal terms are not a problem, he will undergo a medical on Thursday. There has been some late interest from Juventus, but it's not materialised into any kind of club-to-club agreement. And Phillips's priority is game time ahead of Euro 2024. So the West Ham deal appears to suit all parties. There is some confusion and conflicting reports about the option to buy. I'm told by club sources that there is still no fully agreed option to buy, but it is part of final discussions. So if all goes according to plan, there'll be an option to buy and it will be over 30 million. But as it stands, we should refer to this as a loan deal that needs finalization on the option. All parties seem to indicate that regardless of the option, which is obviously at an advanced stage of discussions as well, the deal will go through. So if it ends up being a straight loan, it's not necessarily a problem. But the likelihood is there will be an option to buy. But it's just important to state that that aspect of the deal at the time of recording anyway is not fully finalised. And Manchester City and Phillips are both really very happy with the situation. It was not true in the various build-up to this deal that Manchester City was staunchly in favour of an obligation to buy and without one they'd do no deal. It was also not true that the loan fee demands were so sky high that suitors were worried about getting a deal done. This was always likely to be something that was closed towards the end of the window. And I think suitors have waited to assess the market and the options and that therefore does put a bit more pressure on Manchester City. So it allows the buyer maybe a little bit more leverage. But it looks like subject to a medical and finalisation on some of the formalities and finalities points that Phillips will be on loan to West Ham, we can confirm that the loan aspect of that agreement is now fully agreed between the clubs and the option is still being finalised and might be completed in the next few hours, but also might be removed from the deal entirely. But either way, if it's removed, the point I made before is important to understand. It doesn't jeopardise the deal. It's just a finer point that needs ironing out still one way or the other. Okay, so that's Calvin Phillips off to West Ham for the rest of the season on loan. It had been speculated he may be going to uh, Newcastle at some stage, but um, of of late, it's definitely been West Ham who've been making the most noises, and we can confirm that now. The deal has been done, and uh, Calvin Phillips will head to West Ham uh, for the rest of the season. And actually, since we spoke to Fabrizio I wonder if there's much movement on Benzema, uh, JJ. I mean, certainly what's the feeling in France about Benzema wanting to get out slightly early from uh, where he is at the moment in Saudi? Yeah, this is one that's, uh, you know, really starting to to gather pace quite quickly. Uh, You know, since sort of Benzema's exit from Real Madrid, I think there was a a resignation in France that there's probably no way uh, that Benzema would sort of return and play any type of club football, uh, you know, in Ligue 1. But then sort of the way that the season has gone so far, obviously the start of Benzema's Saudi adventure uh, and also Lyon's catastrophic start to the season, which they're starting to rescue a little bit now with the help of the January transfer window as well. Uh, You know, but it's created a, a situation of need uh, at a club that obviously is very close to Benzema's heart at a time where Benzema 
is looking at potentially viable options, uh, you know, to potentially return to Europe or at least to get himself out of what's turning into rapidly descending into, I should say, uh, you know, a very difficult situation for him uh, with Al Itihad. Um, and I think the thing that is really starting to gain a bit of traction, certainly in the last 24 to 48 hours, is the possibility that Benzema, uh, you know, moves away on a short-term deal, so a loan, which, you know, would enable, uh, you know, his his employers to make a, a better informed long-term decision, but also gives him the opportunity to potentially come back, you know, to finally have a, a swan song with Leon, which to be honest, looked impossible when he was, uh, you know, sort of winning the Ballon d'Or with Real Madrid. It didn't look like there'd be any way that he would finish his career anywhere but Santiago Bernabeu. We know that that, uh, you know, it is now completely different. Uh, and I think that the possibility, uh, you know, of really sinking his teeth into that challenge of lifting Leon back out of the mess they've gotten themselves in so far this season and up the league on table is actually something that appeals to him, at least sort of potentially for the remainder of this season. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, sort of the, the longer term question uh, could then be sort of put back a couple of months and, and sort of revisited in the summer with, uh, you know, sort of fresh eyes and fresh feelings from all parties. Ben, it doesn't look good uh, for the Saudi project at the moment if, if Jordan Henderson goes and then um, Karim Benzema disappears. But there are other names who are, are ready to go out there and join um, the Saudi uh, Pro League. So Al Almiron um, from Newcastle is, is one of those names. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Newcastle need to sell and how quickly will depend, obviously, on how tight they feel they are come the next financial deadline. And if they feel there's an urgency to sell mid-season, that probably tells you in the absence of European football in the second half of this season and potentially no guarantee of European football next season, they may need to let somebody go. And we've heard lots about Kieran Trippier and Bayern. And Bayern absolutely are likely to be back with a second offer for Trippier. But they're looking in the region of kind of 15 million euros. And not only do Newcastle not want to sell, but that 15 million euros means you pocket the money, the player departs, and then Tino Livramento has to step up. And I think that Newcastle would prefer to have Kieran Trippier in the second half of the season, even though Trippier is open to the move. I think if the finances were 30, 40, 50 million for Trippier, somehow under different circumstances, contract length or age, then it might be a little bit different. But I think Newcastle will be quite bullish in their position on Kieran Trippier. And if club sources are to be believed, he's going to stay. Almiron might be the one that they sell, but the challenge is convincing the player. So as I exclusively reported yesterday, there's a provisional agreement between Al-Shabaab and Newcastle United. Now, that shouldn't be confused with an agreement in principle. I understand that all these different phrases sound very similar. Agreement in principle is basically everything is done and usually verbally, and now they'll thrash out the deal with a view to getting it over the line. A provisional agreement usually means that there's consensus over the guaranteed fee and the rest of the deal still needs negotiating and ironing out. And provisionally, I'm told the clubs have agreed on a number of around 20 million euros, but Newcastle want 30 million euros, so about 26 million quid all in. And Al-Shabaab and Newcastle are still currently at the time of recording in talks. But Shabab have gone to the club and Newcastle may well agree a deal. 
it's possible because Almiron is one that I think they would be prepared to sell either to a Saudi club or anywhere in the next week or so. But you still then have to go to Almiron. And at this stage, I'm told, there's nothing advanced on the player side because what Shabab want to do, it's very typical in Saudi Arabia, is get an agreement with the club, maybe use the fact that Newcastle's finances might require them to sell and then if something is fully agreed in the coming days, hope that Newcastle lean on Almiron as well to make the move. But at the moment, Almiron has got nothing advanced from the player side with Al-Shabaab. And it remains to be seen if he even wants to go to Saudi Arabia. But it reminds me a little bit of Nottingham Forest because they obviously are in now hot water under financial fair play. They've been charged. They might be docked points. And the backstory with Forest is that they wanted to sell Brennan Johnson to Brentford, not Spurs. And Johnson didn't want to go. And that deal was possible before the cutoff for profit and sustainability. Had he gone to Brentford, Forrest's argument is that they'd be fine and they wouldn't be under investigation. Player didn't want to go. They sold him to Spurs. They actually got more money, but they were not able to declare that in the accounting year. And as a consequence, they were over the limit for profit and sustainability. And now they might get a points deduction that might be the difference between staying in the Premier League or going down. Newcastle could, if we're reading between the lines, be in the same position. They may need some money now, or certainly by the cutoff point at the early part of the summer. Otherwise, they may be in some financial hot water, and that may allow a window of opportunity for Almiron. Newcastle will let Almiron go to Saudi if the right offer is made around that 30 million euros. But again, it's all going to depend on Miguel Almiron, and maybe he'll just do what Brennan Johnson did and said, it's not the right move for him and he's not going to be forced, therefore, out of the club, especially not as a fan's favourite. So we're going to have to wait and see a little bit on this. I expect more clarity within maybe the next 48 hours. Right, let's whiz through a few questions because we haven't got much time today and I want to get through as much as possible. Um, JJ, Monaco, potential Saudi purchase there or are we looking to Marseille potentially as a Saudi purchase? Yeah, this is uh, something that has been sort of on the radar now for, for quite some time. There's been a speculation about McCourt at, at Marseille. It's going to be another trophyless season for them. I think it's 13 years now uh, since they last won a major title. So obviously major disappointment there. But there's been murmurings about a potential deal with uh, you know a, a Saudi buyer for some time now. And that seems to have reared its head sort of in the last 24 to 48 hours. Now, what's interesting about the timing is it coincides with the story that broke over the weekend about Monaco's owner, Dmitry Rybolovlev, so the, the Russian uh, oligarch who, uh, you know, has received a couple of indications of interest, enough so, uh, you know, that he has started to assess his options in potentially selling the club. So now we have a situation where not only might Marseille, uh, you know, potentially change hands in the, the next few months, let's not forget it's, uh, you know, quite an important period for French football as well. There will be a new domestic and international TV deal in place by the time next season gets underway. Uh, you also have the, the CVC commercial rescue package deal that's going to start to kick in uh, in the coming months as well. So it seems like this has prompted a, a bit of movement from some uh, you know, of those club owners. And it could be that two of the biggest names in Ligue 1, so Mon uh, Monaco and Marseille, both find themselves under new ownership in, uh, in the near future. Okay, um, I, I know you want to uh, say a little word about um, uh, Racing, uh, your your club that you are associated with in um, in France, who uh, done particularly well this week uh, against Lille. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it was a historic uh, Coupe de France run. Uh, we're a semi-professional club that uh, I'm part of the board on and have been for for some time down in the, the fourth tier of French football at the moment, but five-time Coupe de France winners. Uh, to go up against a historic club like Lille, who the club historically had come up against a couple of times in Coupe de France finals gone by, uh, you know, to only go down 1-0 to them, you know, fantastic testament to the the talent that, that remains in the, the Paris region. Obviously, Racing is a club that at this moment in time is sort of in the shadows of the the, the rugby club, the more illustrious rugby club signing some of the biggest names in the, in, in the game there. But, uh, you know, with the renovation of the, the Olympic Stadium, Yves du Manoir, and also the, the track record that Racing uh, Club uh, de, de, foot, uh, de France uh, football has in terms of its uh, youth production, you've got the likes of Louis Saho, who's come through, David Ginola played in the past as well, uh, and William Gallas as well. There's no shortage of quality that has come through the club. And, you know, we were delighted to get as far as we did a historic first for the, you know, the first time in 30 years to get to the last 32 of the Coupe de France Brilliant. and so to only lose out to, to professional Lille who are you know regulars in European competition uh, very heartening for, 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 the, for, for the team for the management for the volunteers behind the scene as well and fingers crossed it's just a taste of things to come Absolutely excellent I hope you made a few quid out of it or a few um, <laughs> euros as well that, 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 that always helps uh, Ben uh, Juan Bissaka uh, suggestions he might be on his way out Old Trafford yeah, I'm not so sure about this one. So I can confirm there is Al Nasser interest, as there was also, still is, in fact, in Emerson Royale at Spurs. But the expectation is that both players will likely stay this window. Different story for Wambasaka, though, as far as the summer is concerned. I don't think there's been particularly positive conversations between Wambasaka and Manchester United about staying or extending in any capacity. So the door is open there. But is anything going to happen in the next 10 days or so? I would be surprised. I can confirm that John Murta was out in Saudi Arabia in December holding really relationship-building meetings, but naturally some players were discussed. And Wambasaka was one of them. So the Al Nasser interest is genuine. The same for Emerson Royale. The only difference is to date, Al Nasser haven't made an offer yet anyway mm. for Wambasaka. That will obviously have to change very quickly if anything's going to happen in January. Whereas with Emerson Royale, a 20 million bid has been rejected by Spurs. And the expectation is that if Al Nasser were to return, unless maybe there's another 10, 12 million on that number, Spurs are going to hold firm. And either way, Real is very happy under Ange Postacoglu. Wan-Bissaka might be open to a move away, but I'm not so sure mid-season Manchester United will sanction that, barring a really big figure and something unexpected. But sources close to Manchester United are adamant both this morning and when checked again with them this afternoon too, that they're planning to keep hold of Wan-Bissaka in the winter market Summer, though, I expect to be potentially a different story. OK, let's get through some of your questions. Uh, are Benzema and Chupa Moting being discussed? We have discussed both those. Uh, uh, Miguel Almiron to Al-Shabaab, we have discussed that too. William Estavio and Chelsea. Ben, you're our Chelsea man. I don't know if you can throw any light on that one. Yeah, it's sort of a two-horse race at the moment. Chelsea are the most active, but Barcelona, the other club, have the kind of player's blessing, if you like, just not a financial blessing. And this is the challenge that you either got to go and trigger the 60 million euros release clause or somewhere around that. And Chelsea are considering that to try and get ahead of the market. Or alternatively, you've got to be a bit more patient and try and do a deal below it. And Barcelona are hoping that's possible if they get the player buy-in. So there's no doubt that the player 
prefers a move to Barcelona. He sees that as a dream club. But that's not to say he doesn't want to move to Chelsea. It's just to stress that he wants to wait and be patient and see if anything's possible at Barcelona. And if it isn't, then Chelsea may stand a realistic chance. And of course, the harder Chelsea push now, the less likely it is that Barca will be able to counter. So that's kind of a tactic within the market. So I don't think this is necessarily a Rafinha-like scenario where Chelsea agree terms first and then the player waits and waits and waits and then ends up at Barcelona for sure. I think it's just worth noting that if Chelsea trigger the release clause or anywhere close to it, it's irrelevant if the player wants to wait. And at the moment, he has a dream to play for Barcelona, which means that Chelsea have got work to do on the player side and they've got to determine if they're going to trigger the €60 million Euros clause. And at the moment... There's no definitive move for that. Highly rated, high on the list of Chelsea's young South American targets. But whether anything triggering the clause-wise happens in the next 10 days or so remains to be seen. OK, then we've got to wrap up. But very briefly, uh, JJ, where do you think um, Kylian Mbappe will be next season? <laughs> you know, if I, if I had the answer to this question, I think I'd have been a rich man paying yeah. off all of my phone bills and retiring a long time ago. <laughs> Honest, honestly, the only thing that I think we're certain of at the moment is that Kylian Mbappe, barring injury, will play uh, in the Olympics, whichever club he's playing for. And I think at this moment in time, using my intuition, I think that plays into PSG's hands. I think it's their best shot at managing to keep mm. him. And it wouldn't surprise me if it sort of plays uh, and potentially even comes down to that in him making his decision. I don't think sort of we'll see Mbappe commit to sort of more than two more years at PSG, but it really wouldn't surprise me if he's still a PSG player when he goes into those international tournaments uh, with France this summer. We shall see. Uh, thank you both, um, JJ and Ben. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll hopefully got rid of uh, my cold and my cough by this time next week, where we'll probably have our final uh, debrief of the transfer window, where we were able to wrap everything up and know for sure uh, where everyone is going to be, at least for a few more months. So my thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for your questions. Uh, we are back next week. You have been listening to The Debrief.